Hi, I'm Andras Jones, the host of Radio 8 Ball, the daily podcast from Starburns Audio, where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions, like picking musical tarot cards. And on this week's episode, we are featuring singer-songwriter Anya Marina, whose new web series, Anya Marina, Independent Woman, is available from Warner Sound. The series features Kate Walsh, Nigel Fullerton, Ian Fidance, and other funny, talented friends of Anya's who join us to ask a question for the Pop Oracle on our show. Now, for the next two weeks, we're making a limited-run t-shirt featuring the cover of Anya's Radio 8 Ball episode available. Just go to the Radio8Ball.com and click on the shop link at the top of the page. This offer is good through June 3rd, so... Don't miss out on this opportunity to celebrate your love for Radio 8 Ball and adorn yourself with Anya Marina's face. Starbucks Avenue, a podcast network. Hi, I'm Kate Walsh, and you're listening to Radio 8 Ball with Andras Jones. Radio 8 Ball, give us a shake. We're in the studio tempting fate Putting questions to the songs that we will randomly select Here with the help of our friend Synchronicity And now it's time for The Radio 8 Ball Give Us a Shake Welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions, like picking musical tarot cards. I'm your host, Andras Jones, hanging out here at the Vanilla Sky Lounge in New York City with our musical guest, Andrea Witkins. Hello. Hello, Andrea. And now, I can't have just your friends in town. I don't come to New York very often, and... I want to introduce you to the first, uh, the first successful actor I knew in person. This guy. I can't wait to meet him. Yeah, where <laughs> is oh, he? Oh, me. <laughs> it's you. Right. He's, an, he's, he's introducing himself now. Welcome to Radio 8 Ball, Bradford Scobie. Thank you, Andres Jones. Now, Bradford, you were, you were, you rocketed to stardom in our high school. I did. In a series of. <laughs> Uh, presentations at, at school events that I, you know, I just I, I I didn't know I didn't know that you were going to that that was even possible. I'd never seen I'd gone to like normal high schools all my life, and it was just the jocks and the rich kids, and they you know no one no one would any no one ever got up in front of the class the whole school and did something funny and then didn't get beaten up. And then I went to this cool artsy school, and and new possibilities emerged. The idea that you could be clever and talented and funny, and then not get punched, even in the face of being a flaming dork. Uh, <laughs> it was the flaming dorkiness which was which won you such acclaim. Uh, and on. it wasn't. And it wasn't just no. So what, these these were these series of events. First of all, we went to high school. We went to high school together. At a school called the Cambridge School of Weston, mm-hmm. the Cambridge School of Weirdos. Yes, 
This and is back in the day of the punk rockers. The punk rockers. Yes. In the 80s. Are you outing yourself for how old you actually I, are? Do we want to go down this I road? don't hide it. I don't hide it. We're old. Between what? the two of us, we're a century. We are a century. Plus. Yes. I was Between born the in the 90s. I, I wouldn't know. That's adorable. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and, in, and you and... Caleb Brown. Caleb Brown. You and Caleb would come out in front of the class in overcoats... That and was my look. Quaffed hair. <laughs> quaffed, all right. Greasy. <laughs> Greasy, yes. yes. Greasy quaff. Yes. It was a natural pomade. And you would actually... do these bits. I don't even like I don't even, what I remember, I remember the impact more than I remember the bits. Do you remember the title of our of our um No, no. 30 second theater. 30 second theater, we yes. We always ran long. Yes. <laughs> but uh, we were starved for attention. And you got it. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, in the face of my face, I felt, which was ravaged with acne, (laughs) I felt like it was one of the few ways I could extract some joy out of, out of my epically awkward existence. And it it was really, um, we were hit. You were. We were the broad way of the Cambridge School of Weston. Yes, you were, uh, you were a hit. And... So much so that when I moved out to Hollywood afterwards and I got a chance to play a nerd in a TV, in a in an industrial commercial for, I think, for Capitol Records. Yes, but you were sexy nerd. You were a sexy nerd. I, I, was, I transformed into the sexy nerd at the end. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, no, actually, it was in a, a video for the band Y&T. That's what it was. And I played the I nerd who work. the band turns into a cool guy at the end. Oh. But my nerdy thing was uh, was trying to... Approximate the character, one of a character that you sort of played in that. In That's that. so flattering that you plagiarized me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's. Uh, I don't. It's a, is it? Is that plagiarizing when you're an no. actor and you act like someone else? No, that, you're, you're, <laughs> you're paying homage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did. I. You're right. I it did was not, derivative. That's I, what I tell people. Yeah. I did not hold up a, a sign saying. I'm Brad Scobie. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, that's true. Okay, and then since then, you have gone on to, you've moved to New York City, and you didn't just do, you didn't just act at uh, assemblies in high school. You now, uh, you're now an institution I in am, New York I am, City. I am a, I should be institutionalized, if that's what you mean. You've created many characters. Yes. You were in uh, the... The John Cameron Mitchell film Short Bus. Oh, that's right. That was sexy. Talking about my my friend. Wait, were, did you talk about Lotus Weinstock? That means nothing to me. So I'm assuming no. Didn't you come in and say? Okay, never mind. Anyway, so you but you were in you were in Short Bus, and you but tell us a no. I know I I've seen your show just your Christmas review. Uh, yes, that's Moisty the, Moisty Snowman, the Snowman saves Man. Christmas. Yes. yes, love it. Yeah, and it's he's a, an it's he's, a musical. He's an angry trash talking snowman. Is On that, the contrary, no. he is a flitting, happy young. He's Moisty. <laughs> I'm Moisty the Snowman, guys. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys, Merry Christmas! <laughs> it's pretty cloying, but people. <laughs> Enjoy it for maybe it just made me angry. Reason. Yeah, that's like I don't no, like Christmas. That was your reaction <laughs> yes. to Moisty. 
That kind of thing. It's pretty awful. <laughs> I was. I remember I was dating someone who we went to see it. We had a big fight afterwards. <laughs> That's also <laughs> wait after Moist in yeah. the snowman. Yeah. Oh, I take full responsibility. No, no, you shouldn't. You I shouldn't. It was a doomed so relationship. It's okay. All right, but then I did you a favor. You did. You and well, Moisty did. Yeah. Yes. You're welcome. <laughs> God, even I want me to stop doing that. So, and and so what? But what are some of the other uh, shows you have? Around town. What's going? What's, what are you doing right now? Well, my day at the office is I I host burlesque shows. Yes, and I um, I do that in in character as Sir Richard Castle, who is an English gentleman slash pervert, right? <laughs> and I have the tuxedo and the little mustache, and um, you know he'll I can use the f word. Yes. Yeah, he'll can... fuck anything. <laughs> right, right. In, in the audience, he would cheerfully mount the entire audience <laughs> if he could. And so, um, you know, the women come out and do the boom chaka boom, and then he comes out and makes everybody's skin crawl. You know, um, where so, is the show, and when can I see I, it? Oh, thanks for asking. Um, the Slipper Room in the Lower East Side. Uh-huh. I Sir Richard Castle has his own show every Thursday ish. That's the Wiggle Room with Sir Richard Castle. Check your local listings. Now, there's a wasn't there. Didn't that TV show Castle? Wasn't that Richard Castle? Did Sadly, yes. <laughs> You're bringing up a, a. This is an issue. Do you see the tick? That I, I suddenly. The, so um, Richard Castle, your Richard Castle I'm was first. Sir Richard Castle. Okay, sorry. Yes, he's just Richard Castle. He was just some dude in some smash hit TV show that yeah. would not ever be canceled ever. Though, although I kept waiting for it to be, so I would be the only Richard Castle standing. I hear they hated each other. The the two main actors in that. Oh really? Yeah. So I they find were that heartening. They were yes. They were trying. They were praying for it to end as well. Oh well, that makes three of us, and everyone now it's canceled, associated and with people it. like you still bring it up. I'm yeah. sorry, I'm sorry, but no, don't apologize. It's my fault. <laughs> it was so dumb. But did uh, you come up with the name before? Yes, I did. I didn't know the TV show. Oh, but but was the TV show existing? When yes, you came at up? the time. Okay, so <laughs> it was a synchronicity, and someone actually brought it up and pointed it out to me. I was like, I've never heard of it. I'm not going to worry about it. Whatever. It's Sir Richard Castle. It's totally different, and it's it's haunted me for <laughs> about 15 years now. Sorry, sorry. No, no, it's not your fault. It's so, fine. you said he's a he's a pervert. Yeah. Does he have a particular perversion, or are they uh, uh, is a smorgasbord of perversions? He, as I said, he'll fuck anything. He is uh, that's one perversion. Self described as heterosexual, but it's absolutely untrue. And um, uh, so, yeah, it's, I just make lots of dirty jokes about body parts and body functions. It's pretty. It's pretty um, burlesque. It's very burlesque. Yes. Yeah. And then I, I do dabble in the dark arts of, of the unpc stuff, but that that's that's much trickier. It's much trickier, especially nowadays. It doesn't fly like it used What's to. What's the what is the quality of non PC that you find still works? Um the oh, uh, non PC that still works? Yeah. Well I have certain rules that I use that I think actually um, make it okay. I I don't you uh, cross your fingers when you say it? Yes, absolutely. And for some miraculous reason, there's never been a Facebook pile-up on me, you know? No one has ever said a, a peep about it. It's, it's actually stunning to me that it's never been a problem. But one of my rules is I never make fun of anybody who isn't right in front of me. Got it. Yeah. There's none of this, like, hey, just between you and I, you know, like yeah, this yeah. kind of... That's, no, it's not like that. And there are certain areas for certain groups I will not touch. 
I'm be, I'm speaking in code mm -hmm. because radio is very different than theater. Because it all gets. Yeah. I can't I can't feel the crowd right now. Right. Right. I'm not going to start give, dropping specifics. Yeah. yeah. If they were in front of me, I could feel it out and see what's working and and make it okay. And we are having fun. I'm not going to start giving you examples. I don't expect you to. Yeah. But it just basically, if there's a group of people. And there's all that sort of dumb, stereotypical stuff about them over here. And then there's that epically tragic thing or three over here. I don't touch the tragic stuff. Right. I just make fun of the, you know, from as the character, I'm the moron. We're all having, ultimately, I like to believe we're laughing at me. Right. And it makes people, but the subject matter makes people uncomfortable, which makes them kind of, it's sort of exciting. Yeah. And if the person I'm making fun of is right in front of me and they're laughing, everyone's feeling like they can laugh. And, and if nobody's laughing, I pull a joke out of that and then everyone's laughing. And then I'm making fun of the fact that it's not working and we're laughing about that. And, you know, it's just sort of, just as long as they're laughing, it's okay. Yeah. Okay, well, I just, uh, we're going to get to your question, but I do, I do want to do a little test here. I want a little. So you have two people in front of you. I do. Oh so my god! Could could Sir Richard, if Sir Richard Castle mm -hmm. saw me sitting in the audience, yeah. with Andrea Witkins, all right, we're just two two people. You don't know right. us at all. We're just two people sitting there in the front row, uh -huh. just laughing, yucking <laughs> it up, right, right, looking at the burlesque dancers, uh -huh. you know, cheering them on. Uh huh. What would you? How would you? Well, how would Sir Richard Castle? What would he, how would he make fun of us? Well, I'd probably say, oh, look at this. Two white people. Way to throw me a curveball. <laughs> uh, and then he'd probably look at you and say, oh, look at you. Aren't you an attractive young man? I assume you're in a uh, Nirvana cover band. <laughs> you know, something like this. And I'd say, mm, you're blonde. Lovely, lovely. You've got more roots than the botanical garden. Oh! <laughs> you know, this sort of thing. <laughs> Got it. Got yes. It. And then I get dirtier and more lascivious and act like I want to get down your pants and up your dress. Got it. Yeah. Sir Richard. Yeah. You're a dick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Sir Dick. I'm going to buy my tickets tomorrow. Oh, yes. Thank you. Yes. I am. I'm going to buy my tickets tomorrow. Oh, yes. I'm so glad you said that into the mic. That is very important. <laughs> I'm going to buy my tickets tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow, oh, tomorrow. Yeah. tomorrow. So, and, and yes, where, where, wait, you said where Where can we find this? That's uh, the Slipper Room. The Slipper Room. In the Lower East Side. In the Lower East Side. Yes. Okay, yes. and is that where you apply your trade most often? Yeah, that's that's the office. That's where I, I mean, I do other gigs other places, but that's where I, that's my steady gig. So we got Moisty, we got Sir Richard Castle. Anyone else we should meet before we get on to your question? Um, well, all the others I basically um, took out back and shot in the head. I was so tired. <laughs> it was like Johnny Rooster, sorry. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yes. Dr. Donut, goodbye. <laughs> Ukulele Louie, I smothered him with a pillow. <laughs> I was so I just I hit a point where I was like I can't put this fucking costume on ever again. What's, Whereas Sir Richard Castle, it's just the tuxedo. And what's what's ukulele? What's his name? What's his <laughs> ukulele? Louis. What did, what was his his costume? It was a clown costume. It was like a classic clown costume, but with sort of a, a, a like a, a Hawaiian twist to it. Got you it. know, he was a lot of greens and browns, and uh, it, he sang sad songs about death and divorce on a ukulele. And, <laughs> It was. Um, I want him back. I know he's dead. He's, he's dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I murdered him myself. I want him to come to my birthday party. <laughs> and and the donut guy, what's the donut guy? Doctor Donut. Doctor Donut. What does he wear? He, he, he had a. He was in that short sh- short bus uh, movie. Okay. Yeah. That was the that was the character yes, in the short bus. I'm unrecognizable. It's like this fat suit with with donuts all over. He's a super villain. And I had like full freaking kabuki makeup that would just be melting off my face. And I would just be like slobbering, trying to get people to laugh, and they would laugh. But it reached a point where I was like, "This is, this is torture. Why am I doing this to myself?" That's why I started doing Sir Richard Castle. He's more streamlined. He's more human, and he's a lot easier to assemble. Do you ever go out as Richard, as Sir Richard Castle? No, I, I, I'm in full drag from the neck down. That's just a classic tuxedo. No one bats an eye. They all think I'm a cater waiter. And then from the neck up, I slap on, you know, the mustache and a little white shock in my hair. And there he is. It's very, very easy. Now, do you, uh, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big champion of mustaches. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In, in show business, on people's lips. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's, we were talking before the show started, we were, uh, Andrea and I were talking, we're, we're fans of the True Detective series. And we're both people who think that the second season is, is Really good, and I've I've championed it so much that now it is my favorite season of it, and I'm sort of that way with the mustache. Uh-huh. Do you feel like do you, when you when you put on the mustache, do you feel like just infinitely cooler? I feel completely empowered. Absolutely, yeah. I'm suddenly a man. Right, I, I'm not some <laughs> aging, stunted man boy like I am. Yes, I am a man. I have a mustache, which I could never grow in real life. I've tried. I literally have bald spots on my face. <laughs> I, uh, when I yeah. grow anything that resembles a beard, it's a cross between a hobo and, and, and a, um, a, 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 a prepubescent teenager. It's disgusting. Can you grow sideburns? No. no there's I a can't. bald spot right here in the Me 90s, too. back when you yeah. were born. Uh-huh. Thank you for remembering. I, um, I, um, that's a callback. I, um, <laughs> there was... Uh, I tried to they were doing mutton chops at the time yeah. remember that yeah I had a big bald spot right here it was like a segment I couldn't even do that me I, too oh really yeah interesting yeah I can't grow I can't I can grow a, a beard and a mustache but I can't grow sideburns <laughs> it's, it's so a van Dyke you it's can depressing do van Dyke. have you seen Mordecai uh is this the a film, pretentious the, friend no, of yours the, the film Mordecai with Johnny Depp Oh, 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 yes, yes, you I did. See I, it. did. I, I think I did, or at least part of it. Yeah, I, I am familiar. He's like that British and yes. the thing. Yes, yes, absolutely. it's all about a mustache, man. And is it about a mustache? Yeah. Is yeah. the plot about a mustache? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's it, the movie is about. It's funny. I talked about it on the last episode. This is going to be New York. I come to New York City and talk about Mordecai. Uh-huh. Uh, it's about a Johnny Depp plays an international art thief dealer who decides to grow a mustache. And his wife hates it. Uh-huh. And so he has to save the world in order to get her to sleep with him again. Oh, I did not see this in its entirety. Oh, you must. I need to revisit yes, this. Yes, yes, yes. Uh-huh. Anyway, I feel like Sir Richard Castle would... Relate? Has, shares some... Has some kindred DNA with... Uh, All right. With yeah. Mordecai. I, I agree. I'm going to look into this. Thank yes. you. Okay. Well, bringing it back to you. Oh, thank God. Now, I called you I called you Bradford, but I in my mind, you're always Brad. Uh-huh. What do you prefer? Bradford. I'm Bradford. pretentious now. Yes, you know. you're pretentious now. Okay. And, uh, well, let's get into your let's get into your question for the pop oracle. All right. Mr. Scobie. <clears throat> <clears throat> well, um, I, uh, I'm getting a colonoscopy in a couple of days. No. Yes. Yes, I've dawdled. <laughs> I've procrastinated about six years, I guess. You're supposed to get it at 
50. Right. And I turned 50. And then I turned 51. And I have children. I was like, yeah. I, 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 P.S. I adopted. My uterus could never, I could <laughs> never reproduce at this age. So, um, uh, anyway, I was like, I have children. I have to have this checked out. I got it. They got a shove a camera up my butt. I'm asking for the ribbed camera, by the way. <laughs> yeah, now, I've good. had, I got a physical and, you know, I got a, um, I got the prostate exam, which went really well. I know because the doctor gave me two thumbs up. But um, anyway, yes. for reals, <laughs> I have a colonoscopy this Tuesday. It's my first one. I'm, right. I'm just screaming it from the rooftops. <laughs> I'm very excited. Have you had one, Andros? No, I, I, I actually recently went to the doctor and they said, you're getting to the age where you might need one, but here's this other test. And if there's any... There's, I don't want to go into all the details, but if there's any blood in that stuff, then we need to go all the way in there. Wait, the, is, there's another test? Well, basically, it's just you give them some of your stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. And huh. they if there's any blood, Interesting. then they decide it's time for camera time. Oh, God damn it. This is such a turn on. <laughs> anyway, um, so... I, I have to drink this horror. I have to completely cleanse. Yeah. Tomorrow I can't. Oh, that's it's, right. Yeah. yeah, and then not only can I only drink liquids, and now I'm, not, I'm, now I'm going full Gwyneth Paltrow. I'm not yeah. even talking about the question anymore. <laughs> but the point is that I have to do this cleanse and drink this horrible thing, and it cleans me out. And then Tuesday they shove the thing up my butt and noodle around and, and look for polyps or what have you, or ger stray gerbil corpses or whatever <laughs> might be <laughs> Wedding rings. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, so I'm. Uh, my question is, what am I? What's my the the turnout? What is? What are the results of my colonoscopy going to be? I'm I'm at the edge of my seat. <laughs> the, uh, me too. <laughs> nice choice of words. Nice choice of words. At the edge of your seat. Oh, they write the jokes write themselves. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's or a, wrong themselves. So. Now, uh, well, now to right. so the question is, how will the col what's the what are going to be the results of the colonoscopy? And you yes. can you can uh, we'll we'll give you I can get you this recording. You can share it with your doctor. Oh, wonderful! And then we get it's almost like your pre second opinion. All right, Doctor Milton will be very pleased. Okay. This, this is science. This is science. So, yes. well, now to engage the pop oracle, you Bradford Scobie get to spin the wheel of eight. All right, here we go. Na na na. Na, na, we love eight. Song number eight. All right. If love, <laughs> then mercy. Oh, my God. That's so apropos. <laughs> All right. Was that a harpsichord you played on I, that? It was in <laughs> honor of Sir Richard Castle. I couldn't... I, I couldn't you. resist. Now I'm just putting... I have to turn it off of a harpsichord because I can't play the song on a harpsichord. Now I'm just... I'm almost there. Where am I? Okay, here we go.
saints you weren't there in the circle throwing stones at my shame but at the top of the mountain if i sing out your name there is love there is love and mercy too there is love That was If Love, Then Mercy from Andrea Witkin's The Answer to Bradford Scobie's question. I have cancer. No, <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. I, well, let's see. That's, well, who knows? That's let's, what that means. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking for answers to how, how's the colonoscopy going to go. So, Andrea, before we get into what I'm sure is going to be a lively discussion <laughs> about the interpretation of this, why don't you tell us where the background of that beautiful and almost reverent yeah. Song well, we from. set out. My co-writers and I set out to write a hymn, but kind of a secular. A se- sorry, I keep on not leaning yeah. in. All right, uh, my co-writers and I set out to write a, a hymn, specifically a secular hymn, in you know, kind of an ode to love. Um, you know, uh, we were inspired by church music, but wanted it to be something that everybody could relate to, and you know, love, of course, is that. And we were thinking that you know, if there's anything like true love, whether it be from another person or a higher power or anything like that, that um, it just it has to involve mercy because we're so imperfect. So, you know, we people have to love us as as our imperfect beings and show some mercy. Um, so that's where that came from. Um, and uh, I, oh, it's funny, when I was performing it, I went, I went to sing the first line, Found Me in the Shadows. Oh, yeah. And I almost <laughs> was like, this can go one of two ways. <laughs> I can just lose it which I almost did. I don't know if you saw my... I was my, laughing. I, I, I was like, cause, and then I started like it's even thinking ahead, like going like, I'm, I'm literally like, I'm up his asshole right now. I'm like, see? In the valley. I am in the valley. And I was like, I could just, I can lose it or I can just pull it the fuck together and pull it together and you're put together. And just, because there's also part of me that thinks, well, you know, Colin asked me as much just like we like to make jokes about it. You know, it's also, it's self-care, it's mortality, it's, you know, all these things like hoping, obviously hoping for good results. And so I was thinking like, no, I want this to be like a, a, a an offering of, of love and health to, to Brad rather than, you know, me like right. losing it. <laughs> right. No, no, but I think, yeah. well, did you, did, did you, were you thinking the same thing? Um, I was, well, I thought it was absolutely lovely. I wasn't cracking up at all. I okay, was like good, good. on the verge of tearing. <laughs> okay, good. I was by the end too, but it was yeah, just you, in the shadows that almost got me. And well, then I was like. Your <laughs> eyes met mine. You know, your eyes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just. Anyway, go on. Yeah, here. but the song was, I mean, on its own, the song, it's not like I'm freaking out or anything. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, hmm. 
Yeah, this is the tricky part, isn't it? We're, we're drawing parallels between the song and my question. Yeah. Um, yeah. So wait, we have to get real now? We have to get real about my colonoscopy question? Yeah. Get as real oh, as you want. The you love can, of God. I will get real. All right. You can just, you can do whatever you, you your response could just be, I don't know. Wait. All right, swell. It's, all, it's the hardest thing to interpret your own question in this yeah. format. It's really right. easy for other people to see. I mean, it's just, it's like a colonoscopy. Yeah. You don't get to see what's in there. Yeah. You know, you just have to sit there and take it. I know. Well, they put you under, so. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's pretty, it's, I'm told it's pretty easy. Oh, but, God. Uh, oh, I, I always figured that I had to be there for it. <clears throat> well, you have to be there. No, but I mean, like, <laughs> conscious for it. No, no, no. Oh. I hear the, 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 the cleansing is the worst part. And really? then the actual act is like, meh. What, what, wait, why? Why is the cleansing the worst Because it's all day and you have to dr- guzzle like this gal- like two-gallon thing of undrinkable crap. You can also take a pill. Can't oh, you just really? fast for yeah. a week? You're getting stool samples? You're getting pills? Why am I doing the old 1940s version? <laughs> <laughs> my gosh, they're going to shove some steampunk <laughs> tube up my butt. Oh, my gosh. I, Dr. I Milton. Get... <laughs> oh, dear. Well, I, I heard the song, and I was thinking, I mean, what I was getting was, for better or worse, whatever mm-hmm. happens, mm-hmm. we're going to move forward, and it's whatever journey Mm-hmm. It is laid out before me. It's going to somehow be positive, yeah. either way. That's a really good interpretation. And I, I should, I want to. The thing that I thought of was the way you framed it was, I have kids, right? Mm-hmm. If love, then mercy. You might not take right. care of yourself so well. You might not show mercy to yourself if you didn't love these other beings and want and feel like, well, I. I love them so much, I'm willing to drink this horrible stuff and get a steampunk tube shoved up my butt. <laughs> right. That's right. a very loving and merciful attitude. And that it's self-care is a nice yeah. little yeah. sort of paradox that that you're showing mercy and love to others by taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Just really, I think that's, yeah. there's a, you know, a grander lesson in that for all of us to take is like, yeah. take care of yourself is the most generous thing you can do for other people yeah. to yeah. a point. To well, a point, I, I um, also... Just off what you're saying is my father has cancer. He's had it forever, right? He got diagnosed literally like 20 years ago. They're like, we don't think he's going to make it through the... We All we can guarantee is he's going to make it through spring. <laughs> and we were all flipping out. Yeah. And then uh, we basically mourned his death for 20 years. Wow. And now he's pushing 90. He still has it. It's not curable. It's this form of lymphoma. Anyway. It might be what's keeping him alive at this I point. I know, right? It's just to stick it to us. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. So the point is that uh, the cancer brought my father and I so close. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a lovely father, don't get me wrong, but he was gruff, he was fatherly. I was scared of him. Um just cuz he was an authority figure, you know what I mean? He was mm-hmm. a a great dad, don't get me wrong, but I was a wimpy kid and uh, and then uh so we had some sort of di- father-son di- macho distance um <clears throat> and uh but then when he was diagnosed just so much beauty mm-hmm. came out of his illness mm-hmm. and uh and and makes you realize and now I'm at the age where 
I'm getting a colonoscopy and I have children, Mm -hmm. you know. And he's a man who has fought the good fight. The reason he's been alive 20 years is because he is not a wimp. He has been fighting this thing tooth and nail. And, uh, like with like like with diet with chemotherapy with every, he's like he diet and he got all spiritual and and then every form of new new shiny new treatment he's been trying out and some and his his bedside looks like a dumpster behind the CVS he's got so many pills you know it's just this insane juggling act but he knows every single one what they do and how they react with each other he's like he is a doctor you know diagnosing mm-hmm. himself he's got it down he's not giving in for anybody it's really quite an inspiration he's still around it's it's and kicking it's insanity yeah so and uh so there's a lot of positives mm-hmm. easy for me to say but i mean to be diagnosed with Cancer is not necessarily the end of the world or all bad, you know. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of good that can come out of it. Mm -hmm. So I felt like that song was presenting the two possibilities. Yeah. I was almost, I mean, not to sort of completely change the meaning of the words, but love is you don't have cancer. Mercy is you you have cancer. So right, we're gonna make right. we're gonna make this work. It's like the grittier side of that two side the two sides of the, the lyrics. What do you think, Andrew? That. No, that's I, that is, uh, you know, when I got past the first couple of lines, and I, I started actually, you know, feel because I I always feel this song deeply. It, it it really it it does its job as a, a hymn, especially for kind of a secular person like myself. But um, I I definitely I also had this feeling of um, you know, regardless of you know what results come out of something like this of of having uh, you know like being surrounded by love by loving people. Uh, like that love is there. Like you go to the mountain, you scream it out, you know, like if you ask for help, it will come. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I've heard people say that that's the definition of God before, you know, God is what happens when you ask for help, you know, regardless of whether you think there's a beard in the sky so or doesn't whatever. Exist. Right. <laughs> well, but no, but well, if you ask for help for a long time, right. Uh, no, but if you, kidding. if you really I'm ask for help, <laughs> if you're like, I am terrified, I have this diagnosis, whatever I need help. Like there will be people to help. And, and so, um, I kind of look at a lot of love and mercy like that, you know, like that if, if you were to get a negative thing, which you won't, um, yeah, I really don't cause think. I'm a doctor uh, and <laughs> that, just that for the you, listeners, she has two digits up my ass right yeah. now and everything's <laughs> fine. Wonderful. Um, <laughs> well, I, 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 I we, we, we need to sort of get to the wrapping this up, but I did have one, uh, an idea I wanted to just explore here. So, a lot of Andrea's songs are collaborations. Mm-hmm. And her two collaborators on this show have names that I think might, could be characters that you could potentially play in your doings around town. All right. So I'm going to tell you their names. And when uh-huh. I, is a little improv exercise. All right. I'm going to tell you one of their names. And then when I do that, I would love for you to just, how... Give us an idea of what you would do as their voice. Oh, Lord. <laughs> right? This okay. is deeply offensive to these people. Uh, I, I think they're okay with it. All yeah, right. yeah, so, all, all my friends are freaks. So, so yeah. one of our, so the, the first person enlisted here is Sugar Ransom. Sugar Ransom. Um, or you could just describe Sugar <laughs> Ransom as a character to us. You don't necessarily uh, just have well, to come honey, up. Sugar Ransom <laughs> has been... Dragging her backside up and down the bayou. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, that's enough of that. What's the other one? 
Is that, is that good? Is that what she sounds it, like? It, not at all, but like I love it and she would love it. All so right, that's, yeah. Right. And then, what's a bayou? I have no idea what I'm talking about. And then the other one is Tomcat Joe. Oh, well. Um, Tomcat Joe. There, that's all we need. That's plenty. What, what, what is he doing? <laughs> that is exactly. Tomcat has a. Oh really? He's a singing voice like that. Oh yeah, for sure. Right. Tomcat yeah. Joe. He eats chewing tobacco for breakfast. I don't know. Man. Just, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm spitballing here. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Could you see yourself playing Tomcat Joe or Sugar Ransom? Um, <laughs> uh, I think Tomcat Joe would have an ad- adverse effect on my throat in the long run. Yeah. Um, and then Sugar Ransom, uh, I'm I'm a horrible drag queen, so that wouldn't gel either. No. But, uh, thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> anyway, um, I just want to quickly say yes. that as far as the odds that I have something morbid up my uh, backside, uh, my older brother, who's now 60, he got a colonoscopy. Now I, as for those of you who cannot see me, I am a vision of health. I am I am the personification of a kale salad. People think I'm 18 years old. I'm 51. Yeah, right. I never would have guessed. So, stop. <laughs> it's true. So anyway, um, <clears throat> now Kenneth, God love him, but the man has been fueled on pork dumplings from Costco. <laughs> His entire life. He doesn't even drink water. And he got a colonoscopy, and he said they were so dazzled <laughs> by just the... It was like the... It shined like the top of the Chrysler building. <laughs> they were bringing interns and med students in just to view the beauty that was my... my um, is. Is. Is your brother's. My brother's colon. Colon. colon right. So yeah. I feel like the odds are in my favor. Yeah. yeah. You got good, you got good colons in the family. Yeah. <laughs> And plus, you're you, and you have a father who can't, cancer can't kill. Exactly, exactly. The man is an asthmatic bagpiper to this day. It's true. Like, wait a second. So he's he has asthma and he bagpipes. Yes. Okay. It's. Uh, I, well, I didn't know if that was like some other euphemism for something. No, that's a reality. <laughs> asthmatic bagpiper with mm-hmm. cancer. Yep. Ninety years old. Well, he would be offended. With a, <laughs> he's not ninety. He's pushing it though. With a bed that looks like with a side of his bed he's that like, looks I'm like the dumpster behind a CVS. Yes, he can't be seventy-five. His brother is sixty. That yeah, means I, his I dad would be. Yeah, I guess he's like he eighty-six. Been, okay. Yeah. Don't don't rush me to ninety, man. <laughs> God. Anyway, well, Will Bradford. Uh, it's just. Uh, I'm all. It's great. I'm so yes. glad that you were able to make it to to be here. Me too. I had a lovely, yeah. lovely time. I'll share this with the CSW Alumni Magazine. Oh God! All right. <laughs> well, tell them to stop calling me and asking for money. <laughs> should we should we tell them that the the results were bad? <laughs> yes. So Please money. do. Yeah. Maybe they'll leave me alone. Leave them alone. <laughs> Okay. Oh well, I could, I really, I could, honestly, I could hang out here and talk with you forever, but we got to get the next guest in here. So I thank know, you lovely. very much, Bradford. Thank and wait, you. wait, uh, before we let you go, this will be coming out in May. Where can people, well, people can find you at the Slipper Room? I'm going to die at the Slipper Room. <laughs> I, I, either, either perform having, either my jokes will die or I will. One way or the other, I will be there in May. I guarantee it. Okay. Yes. Great. Well, thanks a lot, Bradford. All right. Well, thank you, dear. And would you give me a bumper for the show? Oh, yes. Uh, what am I saying? 
could you do could you do actually could you do one as you and one as Sir Richard Castle? Uh, yes. For say I'm I am Bradford Scobie and you're listening right. to Radio Eight Ball with Andras Jones. All right. I am Bradford Scobie, and you are listening to Radio 8-Ball with Andras Jones. I am Sir Richard Castle, and you are listening to Radio 8... Wait, I'm going to start, sir. Sorry. (laughs) Take two. I am Sir Richard Castle, and you are listening to Radio 8-Ball with Andras Jones. It's not his real name. One more, I'm sorry. Could you you give me one as Moisty? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys, it's me, Moisty the Snowman. You are so listening to Radio Apol at Andros Jones. It's not even funny. It's Sorry, totally if, funny. If That's you great. could shorten that pause. Yeah, though, yeah. Fix that in post. I'll, I will fix it in post. All right. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball. We hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. For more info about our show, visit Radio8Ball.com, where you'll find the Radio 8 blog, our Patreon campaign, and where you can download our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the pop oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed in the history of Radio 8 Ball. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you give us good reviews and ratings, that really helps get the word out. Until next time, I'm your your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the Radio Show. It's a good show!